Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views, the place for pets. And they're people who love them. Aw, it's so sad. Come here, come here, boy. Here is your host, practicing veterinarian, veterinary news network reporter, and host of the popular YouTube show, The Web DVM, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I am your host, practicing veterinarian, Roger Welton, coming to you live from the Florida Space Coast. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. The title of tonight's show is Don't Ignore ADR. I will explain what ADR is, what it means, what its implications are, and exactly what we should do about it. I'll get to that in just a moment. Before I move on here, though, I just want to mention that we this uh, this podcast is one part of a lot of media work that I do. Uh, we uh, I, I embed this podcast through my my main site, which is web-dvm.net, which is also where my blog flows from. As I stated before, I write a lot more than I podcast, and so there's a lot more material that I blog about, and I certainly invite every anybody who listens to my podcast to check that out if you have time. Also, I do some YouTube videos every now and again, and uh, my YouTube channel is youtube.com front slash rwdvm. Totally different content from what I'm doing here, and presented, of course, very differently, short little two-minute videos that uh, cover a topic. Sometimes it's a series of videos, Sometimes it's its own topic all in one. Whatever the case, though, thank you for joining me tonight. We actually have no email questions this evening. Surprising. Usually there's at least one or two. But uh, just to remind everyone that if you want to submit a comment about anything I talk about or you have a question, veterinary or pet related, uh, feel free to send that to comments at web-dvm.net, comments at web-dvm.net. We're also a live call-in show. 877-878-1435, 1-877-878-1435. Give me a call if you'd like to have yourself heard on the air, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns you'd like to express. Of course, all this contact information is present right on my show page, so in case you missed any of it, you can read it right off of there. So let's get into ADR. What are we talking about? ADR is a term that refers to or it's an acronym that refers to ain't doing right. <laughs> and of course, that sounds like terrible, terrible grammar, but let me just put it in a little bit of context. And, and I had a particular case that inspired me to do this post because it turned out to be life-saving for a particular dog, a boxer, a beautiful boxer. So when we take a medical history, we are relying almost 100% on the owner for observations of what we call clinical signs. We don't call them symptoms in veterinary medicine because symptoms are a feeling that is expressed verbally, articulated by a human patient that has the ability to speak and express his or herself. With our patients that really cannot speak, um, what we're left with is having a set of clinical signs that the owner observes that they ex the owner expresses to us on behalf of the pet. Now, of course, 
when we're suspecting certain things on based on the history we're he, we're hearing of course we can steer the owner by asking certain questions that will help us to better clarify the history so of course we're not 100% just taking the history and leaving it at that we're taking the history and then we're asking additional questions to further characterize what could be going on but in the end you know make no mistake we're relying on you the pet owner and so very often we come in and, and the history is very clear. My dog is vomiting. My cat has diarrhea. My cat is limping. My dog has blood in its urine or straining to urinate. Or my pet's drinking tons of water suddenly. It's not normal. Hasn't been eating. You know, we have clear, concise history most of the time. But every now and then we come across the situation where the owner observes, I can't quite put my finger on it. I just know he's not himself, whether it be a cat or a dog. And and I want to warn everybody that this is the ADR presentation. This is the ain't doing right presentation where they can't quite put a finger on specifically what it, what's, what is wrong because for all intents and purposes, the pet is still eating. The pet is still pooping and peeing. The pet is still ambulating. But there's just something off about the pet, and it's nonspecific, and it's important, and here's why it's important. The, the animals by their nature are very cryptic about illness. They don't always show us what's wrong with them because, and this is especially true for cats, but it, it's true for dogs as well. They're going to be exceptionally stoic about these kind of things because in the animal world, when they show weakness, when they show signs of pain, when they show debilitation, what happens? They get predated upon, they get their food stolen, they get chased out of their territories because life is tough in nature. It's not like the coddled you know, household pet. And although they're very much domesticated, they very much kept some of this trait with them, which is to not show signs of pain, so to tuck it away. Certain breeds of dog <clears throat> we'll find can be you know, far more stoic than others, like Labradors, Pit Bulls, tend to be really tough. And then there's others that tend to be not so tough, and they're going to show signs a little quicker. Maybe your little Yorkie, little Maltese, <laughs> you know. But but any 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 animal really is is capable of not expressing signs, specific signs of pain, distress, what have you. So when you see this ADR. You don't want to dismiss it because, look, it could be something that is just uh, not significant. You know, we know cats can be off if they smell another cat that maybe has entered the territory. There's feral cats everywhere, and some cats can just be, you know, completely off their rocker, um, either acting weird or go off their food or, you know, just maybe being less cuddly because they can smell that cat even if it's, you know, not even coming within a hundred feet of the of the property they live in or the house they live in, and it stresses them out, and, and so they're not themselves. And, and the same thing can occur with dogs. You know, dogs are not quite as hostile towards other dogs, but some are, and so they smell, you know, uh, an even a new animal that comes into the area or their territory, and it, it could it could freak them out, and they're just not themselves. So it, it may be something that is dismissible. But the consequence of, of ignoring that can be, can be grave because sometimes, 
and I can't tell you how often, it, probably sometimes it's a little bit of an understatement, it, it really translates into us finding something that is wrong. And so the term ADR, it sounds, oh, you know, <laughs> rudimentary, poor grammar, poor addiction, and it is. But it's not a term that I pulled out of a hat. It is a term that goes all the way back to vet school. And it may even be sort of, uh, I would say, unique to veterinary medicine and not in human medicine, because in human medicine, again, for the most part, you have patients that can articulate how they're feeling, maybe with the exception of little children, really young children. I know getting information out of my son can be very difficult, Having to just having to figure out that his ear hurt recently enough to prompt me to get him to the doctor was like pulling teeth to figure out what was wrong with my boy. But, you know, with the exception of that, you know, for the most part, humans can articulate. And I don't know if you have the ADR presentation, but in terms of uh, the animals, you know, this does go back to vet school, because when we're learning medicine, when we're learning surgery, the professors are talking about, okay, well, this patient presents ADR. And so we heard it then. Then we get on to clinics, and we're in the teaching hospital. And as students, we're listening to interns and residents saying, okay, got this patient here. We're in rounds, you know, talking about this patient. And this patient's ADR, vitals show this, blah, 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 blah. ADR is a term that is very commonly used. I just don't want you to think I'm, you know, an illiterate veterinarian. Um, it's it's very, very commonly used term. So I have some personal experience with an ADR dog uh, back in 2006, and I've, I've told the story quite a bit. I lost my beloved, beloved college dog, my Labrador, Tiffany. Um, and the early signs of her problem were very cryptic. So at first, she just seemed to be sleeping a lot. You know, she's eight years old, going on nine. And I thought, well, she's getting older. She's getting a little gray. Makes sense. So, but just in case, you know, I got it at my disposal. I ran full labs on her. Everything was perfect. Then I just kept noticing, you know, she's not, you know, normally this dog is a torpedo in the water. She's really fatiguing in the water. You know, this dog could swim forever. And there she, and, every, and if she saw water, man, she would just lose it. I remember one time back when uh, I was still living up north, I was walking her at Liberty State Park in New Jersey with my parents. And we're right along the Hudson River there. And she tried to jump in the Hudson River. She loses. She saw water. That dog would lose her beans. Well, you know, she'd see the water. You'd see the wag in her tail. She'd swim for a bit, but then that was it. So I decided to to get more aggressive with her workup. I uh, I took some X-rays. I did some imaging. Found nothing. And you know, there I was doing my due diligence, trying to figure out what was wrong with my dog. When ultimately there was something brewing. It just wasn't showing itself in the lab work. And ultimately, what I found out was that she had lymphoma. One day I just went to pet her. And I felt a big lymph node in her neck, and then I felt on the other side a big lymph node there, and then I felt all of her peripheral lymph nodes. Basically, in, you know, in one 24-hour period, all of her lymph nodes blew up, and I knew instantly my dog had lymphoma. But there's the case of a very serious disease, and of course it still escaped my radar, even even paying attention to the ADR. But very serious disease, and early intervention is very, very important with lymphoma. And so I have my own personal experience with ADR, um, now, in that case, you know, I ultimately ended up losing my dog eventually, but um, it wasn't life-saving. But I got a story real quick that inspired this podcast, and we're talking about three weeks ago. I actually did blog about this one, 
and I just I felt it was so important that I needed to talk about it because not everybody listens to my podcast, also reads my blog, and that's okay. I thought this was too good to not share. A person I'd never really seen before, Kate brought her her boxer in, and she was new to the practice. And the reason she had come over to the practice is because Dr. Fogelberg, my new associate who started back in January, associate veterinarian, had been in another hospital for 15 years, and she really liked him. And she just wanted to go take her dog wherever he was because of the fact that he'd been seeing her dog for, you know, since she was a puppy, basically. Well, Dr. Fogelberg wasn't in that day, but, um, you know, the lady was comfortable enough to see me, and and so I, I go through the visit, and essentially she she she's a very very nice lady. She says to me, you know, I, I don't, I just want to you know tell you straight up, I, I I adore my dog, I love this dog, we have a lot of history, and you know I hope you don't think I'm overly neurotic, but I just know something's not right. I feel like something's not right. I probably she goes probably in the end you're gonna you know, find out there's nothing wrong with her, but that's okay. And if you think I'm neurotic, I'm okay with that. And I just said to her, look, no, you know your dog. You know, we're talking about a 10-year-old boxer. But you know your dog better than anyone on this planet because you have a relationship with her. And I've been practicing long enough to, to know that this could mean something. And in the end, if we don't find anything, then at least you can walk out of here with some peace of mind. And if we do find something, well, you know, great. You 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 caught this hopefully early enough that we can do something about it. So I'm examining the dog and... The first thing that I noticed is the abdomen just seemed really tense. The dog was not particularly stressed out, but the abdomen just seemed tense and seemed kind of distended to me. And I asked the lady, does her belly seem like it's a little distended? Like, is it is it widened out more? And she said, well, I've noticed she's she's gotten a little bit of a beer belly lately. She's kind of joking, you know. But I thought, you know, she's not getting any younger. And I said, but, you know, today she weighs, you know, this particular weight has she put on weight? And she said, no. She said, let me pop an x-ray. So I pop an x-ray and I look and I'm just not seeing really good detail on the x-ray. And I ultimately ultrasounded the dog because the x-ray didn't really reveal much because it, you know, the detail was bad. And what I found was that there was blood in the abdomen and that's what was obscuring my view on the x-ray. The blood was emanating from a large mass on the spleen. So, I thought, okay, this is not good. We have an abdomen. We have a, a very large mass. I'm talking like a cantaloupe-sized mass on the spleen, and it's bleeding, so this dog's hemorrhaging. We need to do surgery, like, ASAP. So, ultimately, I ran lab work on the dog. Of course, I had to, you know, check for stability, and when you're dealing with a mass, you know, you're looking for signs of metastasis. So, you know, how do the other organs, how are they functioning? What's the stability of the dog? Do I have to take any special precautions here? Amazingly, the blood work was perfect. I couldn't believe it. The blood work was absolutely perfect. The dog's vitals were, were fine. And everything about this dog was normal, aside from the fact that I knew she had a bleeding tumor in her spleen. So I told the lady, you know, I didn't see anything on the the liver uh, or kidneys that would indicate gross metastasis. And by metastasis, we're talking about the spread of a primary tumor to a, you know, other areas of the body. So I thought, and she's hemorrhaging. So, you know, no matter what this is, if we don't get it out of there, she could die within, you know, hours, days at best. So she decided, well, get in there and do what you have to do. So I did a splenectomy on the dog. 
and I, you know, removed the spleen. And by the next day, the dog just, you know, perked up. And she was, you know, the, the the owner told me, she told me previously that, you know, part of her whole ADR presentation, the way the dog was being so cooperative in the room, she's like, she's never this calm at the vet. You know, she's always a good girl, but she's never this calm. Um, and And I saw the next day, the dog clearly was was not as as cooperative as as she was being uh you know in, in the exam room pre surgically so she had instant relief uh the procedure went very well and of course uh we discharged her to her mom um you know the very next day that's how that's how well this dog was doing and within a week's time when she came back for me to check her incision uh the lady had said wow i you know in hindsight, seeing how normal she has bounced back and, you know, gone back to the dog that I've always known, in hindsight, she actually hasn't been right for for months probably because now I have my dog back and she goes, what I was kind of writing off to, okay, she's just had her 10th birthday, you know, her, be- her, her, her belly's getting bigger because, you know, she's just retaining a little bit more weight just like happens to other dogs like happens to us as we age and and that's reasonable you know here she was she thought she was being neurotic by bringing her dog into me when ultimately you know things hadn't been right for months and uh it's not to say that the result would have been any better you know had we caught it 3 months before but you know just always go with your gut instinct because your relationship with your dog is unique uh, and, and not just your dog, your cats, and, and, and even more importantly with cats, and I'll tell you why. Cats are are very difficult to know when they're sick because by the time they show that they are sick, they are so ill. Um, things, things are just beyond their ability to hide it, and t- cats are so much tougher than dogs. They are so much tougher than us. They are tough to a level that we cannot even comprehend and what they can withstand. And because of that, if when, when we fail to recognize the ADR or fail to act on it, by the time they come in, if they really are clinically ill and it's something that's chronic and progressive, you know, very often things could be at a tipping point where it may be too late. So be ever cognizant of that with your kitties especially. And so whether you have a dog or a cat or both, again, your relationship is unique. You know every nuance of that pet. You know their emotions just by the way they look at you. They know you, you know them. And that is something I never take for granted in veterinary medicine. If an owner is sure that something isn't right, I will search and search and search and search until I either turn up nothing and you know, just continue to do a wait and see, or or find something. And of course, within the you know urgency of the owner as well. Not everybody wants to spend money at a problem they don't know is necessarily a problem. But if the owner is able and willing, I'm going to keep looking, and I'm going to believe them that they know something is wrong. As veterinarians, we should all be cognizant of that. We should never ever blow off any owners that we think are just being neurotic. Um, you know, that that's it's 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 bad medicine to do that. And and frankly it's bad for business. Why would you not want to see, you know, a patient anyway? Um why are you gonna say no to testing? It just doesn't make sense. Um so you know, more often than not that hunch turns turns out to be something. Maybe not something serious, but something. Um so just remember that. And um ultimately this bleeding mass on this particular dog turned out to be hemangiosarcoma, which 
unfortunately, is not a good result. Um, it is an aggressive cancerous mass, and in all likelihood, this thing has spread at least on some micro level to the lymph nodes or other parts of the body. Now, the good news is that when I ran the testing, there was no organ compromise. When I did the exploratory surgery of the abdomen after I removed the spleen, there was no metastasis visible grossly in any of the other organs. So that's why the dog bounced back so quickly. And ultimately, if the biopsy's right, she's going to lose her dog. But probably not for six to nine months. And it's going to be six to nine months with quality. And the dog's going to be happy. And the owner's going to have the opportunity to, to relish every last moment with her dog. She could have followed up with chemotherapy had she wanted to extend that prognosis by maybe three or four months. She decided it wasn't worth it. Cost was not an issue. It was just she didn't want to put her dog through that to buy three to four months. She wanted the last, you know, nine months, maybe longer of her dog's life to be as happy and carefree and wonderful as possible. And because she picked up on that ADR, she got that dog to us before, number one, the dog bled out because those tumors can just open up and bleed out and the dog bleeds internally while they're sleeping. You don't even know it happened. But secondly, she got her dog to us before there was gross metastasis and spread to other organs and compromise and put us in a situation where, you know, surgery might buy your dog a month or surgery may not even be something that's justifiable from a humane standpoint at this point. So not a life-saving story, but there are other kinds of masses we can see on the spleen. And so when I see a bleeding mass, hemangiosarcoma is one of them. It could be, but there's this other kind of mass called a hematoma, that is equally as fatal but not cancerous. You know, fatal if untreated because those can rupture out and bleed out. And I've seen a number of hematoma cases where, again, it's the the ADR presentation just ain't doing right, not doing right. And ultimately, you know, I find a, hem a hematoma of the spleen. I do a splenectomy. And those cases are life-saving. So I use this example because, you know what, when the lady got the diagnosis that, okay, well, I'm, you know, it's wonderful that your dog uh, is back to normal, and that's great, and we'll run with that. But unfortunately, she does have a terminal illness. She wasn't daunted. She she didn't weep. She was grateful for the time she was going to have left with her dog. She was grateful for the fact that she was back to normal. And in the present, she had her dog back. And, and, and you know, there's a lot to be said for that. So I, did, I, still, I still felt com compelled to talk about it this as a success story because it's very much a success story and also bear in mind that nine months of a dog's life represents perhaps five years of a person's life from their perspective their life is much shorter than ours nine months is a gift folks when it comes to a dog's life and certainly the same applies to a kitty cat as well um another case i had and very briefly you know i don't want to just go through every adr case that was life-saving uh for 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 pets that i've ever seen but one that comes to mind that you know I just I just recently had to put the kitty to sleep. His name was Vladimir. Wonderful, 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 wonderful cat. And um, really cool name for a cat, by the way. But this cat was ADR. Um, you know, again, really tough kitty. And owner brought him in and said, I just can't quite place what's wrong with him. Well, ultimately, in the physical examination, I noted that 
he was painful in his arm. And ultimately, what I what I discovered was that there was a, a tumor there. And I biopsied it, and it came back soft tissue sarcoma. Cancer, but cancer that doesn't really commonly readily spread, but it just kind of destroys the limb as it grows. And eventually, if you you, you don't do something about it from a surgical standpoint, it's a type of tumor that's gonna that will eventually spread, but it just it doesn't spread that readily. So it was very surgically manageable at that time. But the surgical procedure we need to do is to amputate the limb. Uh, that the the only way to assure or give the best surety that this thing wasn't going to spread. Well, the owners were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Cat was already 13 years old. Should we do this? You know. Well, they searched their soul and and really thought hard about it, and they decided to do it. Um, and you know, I told them that don't think of it as if you're losing an arm. You know, very tragic for us to lose an arm, and of course, it's not a walk in the park for your kitty. But they don't think about it like we do. You know, they they they're they're not going to sit back and wallow in self pity. And sure enough, I performed the amputation of his arm. You know, we had a a good fentanyl patch on the kitty. It's a morphine derivative patch that cats really like. Great pain relief for kitties. And my wife came in um, the next day to see this kitty cat. Uh, you know, she'd heard about the surgery, and you know, we kept them for a day for observation. And she came over open his cage to pet him. He's purring. He's rubbing all over her. This is the day after his amputation. He's making biscuits with his other arm. You know how they do with their toes. They start kneading. We call it make it bit, making biscuits. He was happy. He was eating. He was getting around on three legs. My wife was so moved by this cat, she like she wept. She actually had tears in her eyes. You know, and just thought to herself, how amazing these creatures are that they persevere through this and are in a good mood the next day. Of course, yes, the fentanyl helped. But at any rate, Kitty lived three and a half more years on three legs and did wonderful. And so case in point, you know, that was a situation where that cat should have been limping. <laughs> he should have been limping. He had a painful tumor on his arm. He was not limping. He was just ADR. And that's just a case in point how tough kitty cats are. So, um, you know, that's a story. Ain't doing right. Don't ignore it, folks. Pay attention to it. Don't take it for granted. If it lasts more than a couple of days, get your pet into the vet. And, uh, you know, just have that physical done, maybe some basic lab work, or maybe, maybe your vet finds something that could ultimately be, be life-saving. Um, you know, with, with, with pets that can't speak to us and articulate how they're feeling, we have to do our best to read exactly how they're feeling by their body language, by the way they move, and the way they look at us. So that's my show for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I got no callers on the queue, so uh, just bear in mind, we are a live call-in show, and we do love to get calls, 877-878-1435, and keep the emails flowing, comments at web-dvm.net. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. Next Thursday, I will not be broadcasting. I'm going to be out of town on business. Wish I, I I could say I was going to be out of town on vacation, but on a business trip. Uh, so I will be back with you two weeks from today. And not sure exactly what I'm going to podcast about that particular day, but we'll be posting that on the schedule shortly. So refer back to the page periodically to see what I'm going to be talking about. Have a great night, everyone. And thank you again for caring about what I have to say. Good night. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. 
And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.